Welcome to this episode of Hip Hop History. We're going to start a new series on the pod, Legendary Labels. We will get back into the beat, but I wanted to get into the labels that made the culture what it is today. So let's start with one of the most recognizable labels known in the industry. After being turned down by several major labels, the collective of Sean Carter, aka Jay-Z, Dame Dash, and Kareem Biggs Burke founded their own label, Rockefeller Records, to release Jay's debut album, Reasonable Doubt. The foundation of the label occurred in 1995 with their own label through Priority Records. Using money from the music videos provided by Payday Records due to their singles-only deal, the Reasonable Doubt didn't immediately attain commercial success, it spawned several hits, and created a lasting legacy by Jay-Z. Starting out as Rockefeller's only artist, Jay-Z was supported by Big's producer DJ Clark Kent and DJ Ski, who was then working with Camp Low-affiliated rappers Sauce Money, Jazzo, and a young Memphis Bleak. Though only Bleak would eventually sign with the label. In 1997, Rockefeller agreed to a 50-50 partnership distribution deal with Def Jam. As such, the only release in 1997 was Jay-Z's second album, In My Lifetime, Volume 1. But the label and its figurehead artists saw increasing popularity, mainly due to the high-profile appearance by Jay on B.I.G.'s posthumous album, Life After Death, complete with Rockefeller and Dame Dash references. While Memphis Bleak signed with The Rock, Sauce Money chose to pursue a deal with Priority, and Jazz refrained from signing anywhere and provided production for only one song in Volume 1, Rap Game, Crack Game. In 1998, Rockefeller Records released the movie Streets is Watching and the accompanying soundtrack. The film compiles various Jay-Z videos into a continuous story, and the album introduced more affiliated future Rockefeller Records signees Noriega, M.O.P., and DJ Clue, as well as producer Irv Gotti, who would go on to start his own record label. Jay's 1998 album, Volume 2, Hard Knock Life, saw him largely depart from the previous entourage and venture forth with producers Swiss Beats, Timbaland, The 4-5 King, and Jermaine Dupree. Volume 2 spawned his first major hit, Hard Knock Life, and became the label's first platinum RIAA certified release. It was the last Rockefeller release to see appearances by Jazzo or Sauce Money. The first to feature the new Rockefeller artist Beanie Siegel in a mill. DJ Clue releases the first of his collaboration album style series, The Professional, which saw the first Rockefeller appearance of Cameron. Jay-Z's 1999 album Volume 3, Life and Times of S. Doc Carter, continued Jay's new affiliation with then-popular producers. In 2000, the label saw a redefinition in both sound and roster. Jay-Z put out The Dynasty, Rock La Familia, as a solo album, originally intended to be a collaboration project. It nonetheless featured heavy appearances by Beanie Siegel, Amil, and Memphis Bleak, along with Philly rapper Freeway's guest spot that led to him being signed by Rockefeller. Rather than returning to Timbaland or Swiss Beats for production, Jay selected beats from a new crop of producers, Kanye West, Think, The Neptunes, and Jess Blades. Each beatsmith would go on to become consistently involved in the future of Rockefeller Records projects. The new millennium saw Rockefeller begin to expand beyond one figurehead artist. Although Dizzy remained the label's prominent image, with the acclaimed release of The Blueprint, the other rock artists began to gain popularity. In 2000, Beanie Siegel released The Truth and reached number 5 on the Billboard charts. DJ Clue released The Professional 2 and Memphis Bleak released The Understanding. Clue and Beanie's album hit the top 5 on the Billboard charts. Bleak's album was in the top 20. Nonetheless, all three albums were certified gold by the RIAA for selling over 500,000 copies in the United States. Jay-Z and Dame Dash began signing new talent including Cameron, Freeway, and several young Philly rappers 
rappers that were later compiled into the Freeway and Siegel-led group State Property. Cameron put out his Rockefeller Records debut, Come Home With Me, in 2002 to Platinum RIA certified status, and shortly after signed his group, The Diplomats, to Rockefeller as well. In 02, Rockefeller released through Lionsgate Entertainment the film State Property. The movie, while not the first for Dame Dash, would be the start of Rock Films slash Rockefeller Films. The film studio would go on to release Paid in Full the same year. And from 2002 to 2003, Dame Dash signed several artists in response to Jay-Z's talk of retirement after his 2002 album, The Blueprint 2, The Gift and the Curse. They signed M.O.P. and O Dirty Bastard and gave Graf a joint venture deal and attempted to sign Twista and Joe Budden. Rockefeller experienced this hype in product releases and overall popularity as a brand name during the period. Seeing the release of State Properties Chain Gang albums, Joel Santana's From Me to You, Freeways, Philadelphia Freeway, and the Diplomat's group debut album, Diplomatic Immunity, Memphis Bleak's M.A.D.E. album, and Jay-Z's alleged final album, The Black Album. Rumors of friction between Carter and Dash became apparent. Though denied by both camps at the time, problems involving Dame's media attention and Jay's alleged inaccessibility had been brewing since the video shoot for Big Pimpin'. After Jay-Z's supposed last album, it was revealed that he had accepted the position of CEO, President of Def Jam Recordings, and the Island Def Jam Music Group purchased the remaining 50% stake of Rockefeller Records that Island Def Jam didn't already own. Dash poised to take greater control of the company and began heavily promoting artists Cameron, The Diplomats, State Property, Kanye West, and Twist. In 2004, Kanye West album, The College Dropout, became a huge commercial and critical success, selling multi-platinum RIAA certified sales. Foxy Brown was signed and began to work on her album, Black Rose. The infamous split between Dash, Carter, and Burke occurred when it was revealed the trio had sold their 50% interest in Rockefeller. As president, Carter retained control of Rock and his masters, ousting his two former partners, and he later explained that he had offered to turn down the position and ownership for the masters to reasonable doubt alone, but that offer was refused by the other two. As Dash and Burke set up their own record label, originally called Rock for Life, rechristened to Dame Dash Music Group, each artist was offered their choice of labels. The Diplomats were the first to make the move to Dame Dash Music Group and began a public campaign against Jay-Z, dissing him in songs and interviews. Backed heavily by Dame, Cameron was especially vocal, claiming Jay-Z blocked him from an executive position Dash had offered him at Rockefeller Records. Beanie Siegel, then doing a year's incarceration on an attempted murder charge put out his album The Becoming on Dame Dash and Rockefeller. This was accompanied by accusations from Dash that out of all of the members of State Property, only Oshino had gone to visit Siegel in prison. Though Beanie had initially chosen Dame Dash Music Group, the rest of the group refused, preferring to remain on Rockefeller Records. In response, Beanie Siegel effectively put the group on hold, claiming disappointment in his groupmates. MLP and Graf also left Rockefeller for Dame Dash, though both acts parted ways with Dash soon thereafter. Memphis Bleak and Kanye West released 534 and late registration respectively in 2005, along with the Young Gun's sophomore effort and Tierra Marie's debut. The only Kanye West project saw significant reviews or sales, though the Young Guns and Tierra Marie both had significant singles that were very popular. By the end of the year, Dash had split his label from Def Jam and Jay-Z's role overseeing his project after asking for more money and a bigger role in the company. Dame Dash left Def Jam and the label was subsequently dissolved. We're going to take a short ad break here and then get right back to the show. Thank you for listening to that ad. Now back to the show. In 2006, releases were largely limited to those of the Rock La Familia, 
a Latino geared label under the Rockefeller umbrella that followed the trend of reggaeton. Hector, El Father, and N.O.R.E. both put out albums, and the label was home to the New York rapper True Life, but the label has since folded. Jay-Z made his return that year with Kingdom Come. He stepped down from his Def Jam position and put out a second album in 2007, American Gangster, along with Kanye West's Graduation. Kanye West's album was multi-platinum and came out to rave reviews. The signing of Rough Riders artist Jadakiss, former rival to both Jay-Z and Beanie Siegel, also came in 2007, as did Uncle Murder. Foxy Brown was dropped from the label after two years. Though Young Chris and Petey Crack continued to appear on projects, neither seemed any closer to solo projects. And in 2008, Petey Crack announced the state property had been dropped from the label. This was countered by Beanie Siegel's manager, who confirmed that Beanie Siegel and Free Ray were still part of Rockefeller Records. Young Chris also apparently signed as a solo artist. In 2008, saw the only release was Kanye West 808s and Heartbreak, which is considered a culture shift. During that year, Jay-Z had inked a $150 million deal with Live Nation that included concerts, endorsements, and recordings, and included a platform for him to launch his new label, Rock Nation. Uncle Murder left the Rockefeller label after a year and a half with no release, citing lack of executive interest after Jay-Z's exodus from the parent label Def Jam. In March 2009, Freeway procured his release from Def Jam, claiming a need to explore his options. Shortly, he announced his signing to Cash Money, while stating he would always respect Rockefeller. Longtime signee Memphis Bleak also reported his departure from Def Jam, deciding not to travel to Rock Nation in favor of starting his own record label, but he is still very close to the rock. Additionally, True Life has been referred to as a one-time affiliate of Rockefeller upon his turning himself into authorities on May 21, 2009. Jay-Z had bought back his contract from Def Jam for an unprecedented $5 million and started his deal with Live Nation. Jadakiss briefly moved to Rockefeller and released the album The Last Kiss before reuniting with Rough Riders. On May 3, 2010, Dame Dash relaunched Rockefeller after nearly a year of inactivity with his first artist being former Young Money rapper Currency. Currency's third album, Pilot Talk, was to be released under the newly relaunched Rockefeller record. However, Currency stated in interviews with both XXL and Complex that the album would be released under Dame Dash's DD172 record label division, Blue Rock Records, and distributed through Def Jam. On August 8, 2011, Jay-Z and Kanye West released a collaborative album titled Watch the Throne. It was later revealed that Jay-Z was part of a short relaunch of Rockefeller Records as the album was released on Rockefeller, Rock Nation, and Def Jam. On June 16, 2013, Jay-Z announced with a tweet, 5913 Rockefeller, Rock Nation, hinting at a possible relaunch and revival of Rockefeller and a possible merger with Rock Nation. However, it meant that Rockefeller was only relaunched for the purpose of releasing his new album, Magna Carta, Holy Grail. And that was the last album released on Rockefeller Records. Rockefeller put out albums between 1996 and 2013. Let's go over those albums. Starting with Jay-Z's Reasonable Doubt in 1996, Christian's Ghetto Cryon, and Jay-Z's In My Lifetime Volume 1 in 1997. The compilation album Streets is Watching and Jay-Z's Volume 2 Hard Knock Life, DJ Clues The Professional all in 1996. Memphis Bleak's The Coming of Age and Jay-Z's Volume 3, Life and Times of S. Scott Carter in 1999. Beanie Siegel's The Truth, DJ Clue's DJ Clue Presents Backstage Mixtape, Emil's All Money is Legal, Jay-Z's The Dynasty Rock La Familia, and Memphis Bleak's The Understanding all in 2000. DJ Clue's The Professional Part 2, Beanie Siegel's The Reason, Jay-Z releases two albums, The Blueprint and Jay-Z Unplugged in 2001, State Property, State Property, Jay-Z and R. Kelly's The Best of Both Worlds, Cameron's Come Home With Me, Jay-Z's The Blueprint 2, The Gift and the Curse, and the soundtrack to Paid in Full in 2002, Freeway's Philadelphia Freeway, The Diplomats, Diplomat, Diplomatic Immunity, Jay-Z's The Blueprint 2.1, State Property's The Chain Gang Volume 2, Joel Santana's From Me To You, 
Jay-Z's The Black Album, Memphis Bleak's M-A-G-E, and the compilation album Rockefeller Records presents The Rock Files Volume 1 all in 2003. Kanye West, The College Dropout, Young Guns, Tough Love, Jay-Z and R. Kelly's Unfinished Business, Jay-Z and Lincoln Park's Collision Course, Cameron's Purple Haze all in 2004. Memphis Bleak's 534, Young Guns Brothers from Another, Tierra Marie's Tierra Marie, Kanye West's Late Registration all in 2005, Kanye West's Late Orchestration, DJ Clue's The Professional Part 3, Hector Bambino's Los Rompe Discotecas, N.O.R.E.'s N.O.R.E. Y La Familia Y Tu Sabe, Jay-Z's Kingdom Come in 2006, Kanye West's Graduation, Jay-Z's American Gangster, Freeways Free at Last, Beanie Siegel's The Solution in 2007, Kanye West's 808's and Heartbreak in 2008, Jada Kiss The Last Kiss, Jay-Z's The Blueprint Collector's Edition in 2009. Kanye West released two albums in 2010, including VH1 Storytellers and My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Jay-Z and Kanye West released Watch the Throne in 2011, and Jay-Z released Magna Carta in 2013 on his old label and his new label, Rock Nation. Now let's go over the list of films attributed to the Rockefeller brand. The list of films include Streets is Watching in 1998, Backstage in 2000, State Property, Paid in Full, and Paper Soldiers in 2002, Death of a Dynasty in 2003, Fade to Black in 2004, and State Property 2 in 2005. Along with the films and the music, these record execs also owned Rockaware, which did major numbers. Rockefeller Records was a staple in the game, but they really made their name between 2000 and 2005. From Hove to Ye, Beanie Siegel to Cameron, they had the game on lock. There were few record labels who owned the landscape as long or period in the game. One of the figureheads of the label was the biggest artist of all time and has grown to be known as one of, if not the greatest rapper of all time. Rockefeller may no longer be a record label, but Rockefeller lives on forever. Dame Dash has went on to create his own movie studio, record label, fashion lines, and a video streaming service. Biggs has went on to create a clothing line, a management company, and produced films. Jay has went on to release many more albums, create one of the premier audio streaming services, start a record label, a sports agency, a management company, and marry one of the greatest R&B singers of all time amongst her other accolades, the one and only Beyonce. Although these three split, they have all went on to be savvy businessmen and pillars in the community. Rockefeller Records for life. Thank you for listening to this episode of Hip Hop History. Please like and subscribe and leave a review if possible. It really does make a difference. Thank you.